I'm just going to repeat the first of the three points I started talking about last week because I want to explain them one by one. And the first thing I spoke about last week is being as in a normal relationship. A father or a mother definitely loves their child. You take it as a love of passion. You take it for granted. Don't assume that because you take it for granted that you love your child, or because you think I'm showing them in so many ways that I care about them, that they take it for granted. A person has a need to be reassured about how people feel, especially someone that's important to me. So I need a, I need a certain reassurance how they feel about me, because a person's feelings can change. And I'm not going to just make assumptions that I assume that they still holding in the same place, I assume that they still feel connected. I want to hear it. And for sure a child is, is more vulnerable in that sense. And they much more need and want their parents' approval. Or well, their parents' love. So of course they're going to want to hear it regularly. And therefore, Hare, you know it's true. So, like we said last time, the first thing is use the opportunities regularly to express, to tell your child, I love you, in whatever way it's going to be. It's not repetitive. It's not repetitive. Some of the person is always waiting to hear. And like I said last time, I'm going to say this again to get to the next point. And that is the raya for that. In the Torah Kedosh itself, Hashem told us at the beginning already He loves us. Why does he have to repeat it again and again and again? What's the Kiddush? He already told us from before. It's not something which needs intellectual proof. But a Kiddush. That's the feeling which you know is still there. Hashem still loves us. And therefore the beginning of the Torah Hashem loves us. And then again the end. And again in the Navi. Throughout. Right? It's something Hashem keeps reiterating because it's important to reiterate. It's not because it's coming to the Kiddush. And because of that... Follow the same Mahara There's no there's never telling your children too often that you love them. Okay, so that's the first thing we spoke about last time. Now, besides the fact that it builds a healthy relationship with one's children. And the second point in this also. And that is Mark Minal Kamayam Aponim Laponim Kainavanada. Kainavishnesh that you want the etzim, your children, to love you also. That's less natural. That's less automatic than the fact that the parent loves a child. It's clear it doesn't need proof, but I'm just going to say it anyway. And that is, it's possible that the parent will love the child more than the child will love the parent. Whether you're going to go to a death, but the reason for that is because You've given so much more to them, and therefore you feel so much more their continuation of yourself. Whether it's more because uh, the parent feels, so to speak, that they have the responsibility, and that responsibility which creates that sense of connection. Whichever it's whatever whichever one is, or whether it's a natural Hashem created in the world, that it's a Tev Hashem created in the world, that parents love their children. It's, it's what convinces people to have children, what convinces them to go through all the hardship of bringing up their children, right? That's the Tev. We would like children to love their parents also. But it's less automatic. 
and therefore it's something which needs to be encouraged. Why is it important to us? Not just for selfish reasons. I don't have my child to love me. For, of course, for us, it's important if, if we love our child, we want to be reciprocated. But even without that, your ability to, so to speak, influence your child, to encourage them to be a certain way, is only enhanced by the fact that we have a good relationship also. I'm not coming from a distance. As a teacher, I'm coming from a closeness. And it's a completely different angle of relationship, and that's what I said last time also. And that is that a lot of people who are expert mechanka, top of the line rabbanim, or educators, can't relate to their own children. Why? Because they know how to relate from a distance. They know how to be aloof, they know how to relate to from a certain position and from a certain perspective. But to relate from a position of closeness and educate somebody like that, it's, it's an angle they don't know how to do. And therefore, even if they are going to try mechanik their children, it's going to be merachik. I will definitely maintain a distance from you, so that I'll be able to teach you. I'm not making these words up. I've heard them from Racham Mechanchen. That they think at a certain age, they have to pull back and make a distance from their children so that there's a, now I can teach them. If I'm too close, I can't teach. If, the, if people feel like that, then there's, a, there's an integral problem over here. Maybe they don't know how to do it. That's what we're talking about. Adraba. The ability you have to teach from, from someone that you're more close to is much more powerful than teaching from a distance. If a person can't do it, I think it's a lack of knowing how to do it or lack of being willing to open up to somebody and be close to them and teach them at the same time. In an ideal situation, is the Rebbe Chayef to have his The Gemara says yes. The Gemara talks about, in the Gemara in Baba Basra, it talks about the ideal Rebbe. It says in the Pasuk, Melamdim, the Kuchavim the Oilem Void. So the Gemara talks about the Shiva Shilas, that said even years later, he still felt the same connection to Islam that he had at the time. I want to tell you a great story. A great story. I've said it many times. It's a, it's a beautiful story. The story about the Simcha Vasana. That before he came to Israel, he used to have a yeshiva in Los Angeles. It was never a very big yeshiva. I think in its uh, height, uh, heyday, it had a hundred bachel. But he had the yeshiva in Los Angeles. And the story goes that one time, uh, while he was giving a shir, an older man came into the yeshiva, he didn't recognize him, he sat at the back and listened to the shir. So after the shir, this man comes to introduce himself to Rabbi Sinclair. So he says, uh, you the Rosh Hashiv, yes, I'm Rosh So he told me, how many students do you have in the Yishim? So Rosh Hashiv said, a hundred, whatever it was. So this man says, you should know that now I'm retired, but before I was retired, I also used to teach. He said, but when I used to lecture, I used to have thousands of students. So Rosh Hashiv said, really, where did you used to teach? So he said, I was the professor of history in the University College of Los Angeles. And in the history class, there was an auditorium full of thousands of students. So Rabbi Simple says to him, he must be a very busy man. So he says, no, now that I'm retired, I actually have a lot of time on my hands. So Rabbi Simple said, what? He said, you have thousands of students? You're not busy going to brisses and engagements and chassanas? And... 
Yes, it's not. They said, ever since, ever, whenever a student leaves my next room, I never see them again. So I simply said to him, that's the difference between me and you. He said in one excellent line, remember this line I said, he said, you were teaching history and I'm teaching students. Mm-hmm. And that's my the point. To be a successful mechanic is not the topic you're teaching, it's the person you're teaching. And anybody who's taught Torah, and anybody has, and as a result has developed a cash with his Talmud, you become a part of their life. Which Rosh Hashiva doesn't spend time at Simchas, at Cyrus, counseling, advice, just time being updated about what his Talmudim are doing. And that we take for granted because we're used to a, a way of teaching which develops a love between the, the Mechanech and the Talmud. A love between the Rosh Hashiva and the, and the, and the Bach, whatever it's going to be. Whatever it is, it's the same So that's the first issue. And that is, if you want to teach, then Adarabah. The way you want to teach is from, from Mikorah, not Mirachik. <coughs> and if that's true for a Talmud, that you want to develop that, then Kalvachim for a child. It's much more natural. So Kalvachim for a child, you want to teach them, you want to influence them, you want to direct them. And it's coming from a Makam of Kirvan, which is, in a sense, much much closer and much greater than you can have with a stranger. Okay, so therefore, the first point is that it's, it's the, the, the development of the relationship between a father and a son is not a, not a hindrance to your ability to influence them later and to teach them. It's the biggest tool you'll have. Number two, what I started saying before, don't take it for granted that the child's going to love the parents. It's not as obvious as the parent loves the child and therefore... You want to develop that. You want to develop your child's love for you also. And the worst way to do it, so to speak, is to demand that. You better love me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that the best way to do it, like I said, is Kamayim Aponim Lopani. When you show enough, and often enough, and regularly enough, that you love them, then me male is going to have an effect that, like I said, Kamayim Aponim Lopani, that they're going to reciprocate the same way. And therefore, don't take it for granted that they'll understand that. You want them to notice it, and you want them to be aware of it, and therefore you want them to reciprocate it, and the way to do it is to say often, and show often, I love you. And it's not something which is hard to do, because it's true. It's true. It's just a matter of expressing what you really feel. In most normal cases. In most normal cases. Yes, I heard a story of someone that went to a godel because he had difficulty bringing up his kids. And uh, this godel told him exactly this advice. After he heard the story, he said, I'm giving you an instruction what to do. It'll help you, bring, it'll help you with your clinical issues. He said, every day when you sang himself a khayla, he said, give him a hug and say, Bini ani yohevotcha. Bini ani yohevotcha. And this man looked for that mood and he said, I oh. So in cases like that, you understand what will be problems. Why do you, what was his reason? But in a normal case, in a normal relationship. Whatever it was, In a normal case, that's not the case. So you don't have to force yourself to put on an act which isn't true. It's true. Just express it. Okay. That was the easier part of what I wanted to say. Now the second part. 
The second part. Okay, if the goal is to make the relationship mutual, you want to encourage your children to love you as well. So there's two things to be careful of. The first point that I speak about, I spoke about it often, everyone understands, I can see from everyone's expressions 100%. Like I said, it's the easier of the two, of the two, two halves of what needs to be done. The second part, for some reason, people find it a little bit more difficult. But after both, that's also important. Let me explain. The second of it is like this. The second of it is, you want to, like I said, encourage your children to love you also. If that's the case, let them try. Don't stop their efforts to get there. Let them try. I'm going to explain what I mean in a second. Because when I give examples, you'll see that a lot of parents, even well-meaning parents, that they destroy their child's expression of emotion for them, or affection for them, and then it's hard to rebuild it again. Now, where am I going to start from? There's two distinct points I want to make. The first one. The first one. Understand. I'm going to use the marshal again of how Kaddish Baruch relates to the breath. Because that's always our, the source we learn how to relate ourselves. It's always the paradigm that we're going to learn from. How does, Hashem, how does Hashem relate to us as people? The first. The first. HaKadosh Baruch Acting the role of the parents, created us, gives us life, looks after us, protects us, gives us all the things you need, acts just perfectly as a parent would. But that's not all. That's not all. Because, like the Chal explains, the Hashem, if that's, if that's all that the way that we would relate to Hashem, in other words, that we would be forever the taker. We would be forever the recipients. And Hashem would always be giving us everything, everything, and there's nothing in the world you can possibly do for. Hashem doesn't need you. He has everything he needs. There's nothing in the world you can do for him. <coughs> it's not going to create a loving relationship. Ramchal says this, this Pasha says in his own words, the same you said, but it's Pasha to say if you think about it. A relationship is built on the fact that I, I, I recognize and I appreciate how much you've done for me, and I want to be able to reciprocate in some way. I want to be able to show that I, I also want to give you. You've done so much for me, I want to do for you. Now, a relation doesn't have to be shove but shove it. doesn't have to be equal. But it could be someone's done a tremendous amount for you. But I want to show I want to do something back. So I can do a mashu, but it's something. Right? You feel someone who saved your life. You see someone who spent years putting effort into you and teaching you and being Megadali, whatever it's going to be. Your parents, your Rosh Hashem, whoever it's going to be, someone that you've spent, you came tremendously from. It doesn't make a difference who or what exactly it is. Right? But the natural feeling is, I feel close to this person, and therefore, I want to show it to him in some way. And therefore, I want to, wherever it's going to be, even if it's just writing a nice letter of a Karsatov, bring him a Shalachmanis. They don't need the 50th bottle of wine to put on the side, right? But for me, I feel I've done something. I, I need to be able to express it. Remember, feeling has to have expression. If a feeling doesn't have expression, it dies. It dies. Push it. It's, and therefore, if the feeling is there, I want to be able to express it. If you don't give someone a way to express the feeling, it's not going to last. 
Adaba. When you do give the gift to the person you feel that you owe so much to, whatever way it is, you feel better about it. Right? It makes you feel closer to them. Because now that I've expressed, I've expressed the feeling, in some way I've validated it. In some way I've made it something which is ki'ilu. I've, I've shown it. I've shown it closest. I've shown that I also want to reciprocate. And therefore, it's so important that the person is given the opportunity to express that, that even though we know intellectually HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need anything from us, there's nothing we can do for him that he needs. But Bechulzos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us things to do. Gives us things to do. Why? In order to express, from our point of view, what we want, the feeling that we have in return. Hashem, you've done so much. I want to... What can I give back? What can I repay? And if the answer would be nothing in the world, then the feeling would die. It's only because we can do something. The Hashem Hashanim. He goes through various options. What can I do? I can bring Kabbanis. I can pick up a cup and say, say Halal. Whatever it is. Does Hashem need your Kabbanis? No. Does he need the Halal? Also no. But he's giving you things to do in order to reciprocate. And it's important. It's important because that's, then, the, the, then it makes that feeling of our a tough into a real emotion. It's something I really feel. And therefore, like you said, if you're trying to develop your children's connection to you, give them a way to do it. If your attitude is, I don't need you for anything. You know, we run a perfectly organized house and everything's taken care of and the best thing you can do is just, like, we, don't, we don't want anything from you, don't need you for anything. So then Batsam, what you're doing is you, you're stifling their ability to express Akaras at all. And you, if, as a result, you're not letting that feeling of closeness to you develop. And now I'm not talking about an older child. I'm talking about a two-year-old already. A two-year-old already wants to feel closeness. Yes, it's a human instinct to their parents. L- let them try. Let them try. It could be it's going to make more work for you. It could be whatever they're going to do is actually counterproductive in the way you see things. But it doesn't make a difference. What you're going to gain from the fact that your child wants to feel that they're doing something for you and giving something to you is worth more than however much it's going to take to fix it up after. Let them try. They want to help. Okay. They want to help. They want to... Now, they can't help too well. Right? You mustama, they're gonna, whatever, however much they thought they were helpful, you're going to have to undo and redo. Right? It doesn't make a difference. They thought they helped you. They want to do something for you? Let them do it. Let them do it. Again, I'm not talking about doing something dangerous. I'm not saying talking something which is going to cause you major financial loss. I'm saying in things that they can do, let them. Let them. It's, it's, it gets them used to having a chance to. Not because I'm forcing them to, not because I'm giving you jobs to do. But if your child wants to do something, don't take the attitude, I don't need you. It's okay, you don't need to do anything. Let them. They want to, let them. It's just like a Kodesh Baruch He gives us things to do which he doesn't need. It's for us. It's for us to be able to express gratitude and therefore to make that feeling of, of connection real. That's the first point. The second point. And this is just a corollary of the first point, but it's equally important. When your child does... Make it seem like it's something you're happy about. I'm going to give examples for this also. Nothing destroys a want to give more than the attitude of, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. 
Don't do that again. Now, remember, the child's doing the best they can. They're a kid. They're a two-year-old. They're a three-year-old. Even a four-year-old. doesn't make a difference. They're doing what, in their eyes, is the best they can do. Right? And they're coming, and they're doing it partially because it's the only at, at ability they have. Instead of from their perspective, the only ability they have to give you is whatever they can. They don't have money, and they don't have the knowledge or the ability to do things which you would appreciate or whatever. This is the best they can do. But it's coming from a place of you really want to give. Accept it gratefully. Dino. And how many of your heads? Let's be honest, guys. How many of you have come home to your friend presenting you some scribble on a page and say, Daddy, I made a picture for you. Right? And how many guys say, put it straight in the bin? <laughs> <laughs> Never, Never ever. You just uh, Forget about the picture. It's the rotten. It's the rotten to do something. What else can they do? Right? So the picture's worth nothing. When they're not watching, you'll put it in the bin. That's okay. But the, but the way is, has, the main point is how you respond to how you respond to the, the show of affection mm-hmm. right I, I did it for you right thank you very much I can tell you something I've, I've suffered from my own rule you have no idea how many cups of water I've drunk because once when I came home I was thirsty and I remember that one of my other kids were a cup of water and now I can come home to have eight cups of water lined up <laughs> you wanted a cup of water right this happened here also and that's a different story <laughs> but, but whatever it's going to be it's just an expression of we want to do something this is all we can do right so okay so that's what we're doing here. good thank you very much thank you very much wow so nice of you thank you I was yeah, very happy to have a cup of water whatever it's going to be it doesn't make a difference the point is something which is being done from a point of we want to doing, we show, we're doing this to show we want to be close Encourage it. You want the feeling. You, know, you don't need the thing, you want the feeling. And I want to tell you a secret. This is the side of what Hashem wants in our mitzvahs. Hashem, like I said before, doesn't need the mitzvah. What Hashem wants is the fact that people want to be close. That's what we call nachas ruach. Nachas ruach, the final, that people want to be close. And therefore, as long as the mitzvah is coming from the point of, Hashem, I'm trying to do what you want. I'm trying to make you happy. I'm trying to do what I can. It's good, it's bad. Hashem likes, he doesn't like it. It's the same, but it's coming from the place Hashem wants it. Berega means to become something of, I don't want to do this, but you're making me. So then Hashem says in the love, I don't need it, I don't want it. All I wanted from it was the fact that you wanted to give it to me. When it gets to the stage, you don't want to give it to me, you, who's forcing it? Who's forcing it? I don't need it. I'll tell you a great marshal on this. It's a great marshal, but I'm saying it here because for a lot of people, it's actually the reality. And the marshal is a kid who comes home on Friday afternoon and he sees his father bring his mother a beautiful bouquet of flowers. What that? So she tells him, no. Rashab is tightly working at a nice gift and a nice bouquet of flowers put on the table. So the kid thinks, I also want to bring a bouquet of flowers. I also want to bring a mummy a thing of flowers. But he doesn't know what's a flower and he doesn't have the money to go to the flowers. So he goes outside and grabs some grass and a weed and he brings him inside, here's my flowers. What's the mother going to do with it? Right? So again, if her attitude is going to be, why are you bring those things in the house? Throw them out. You're destroying their ability. That's what they can give you. They wanted to give it. Right? If the mother's any cycle, what she's going to do is say, thank you so much, and put it in a cup, and put it somewhere. On, somewhere. Next to the ground. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Right? Because, thank you so much. Whatever it's going to be. And as long as every week, right, the kid sees the, the father coming home with a bouquet of flowers, and he thinks, I have to get my bouquet of flowers also. Good. 
She'll take the flowers and she'll thank you so much for your flowers, thank you so much for your flowers, ah, makes my shabbos. Right? But when it's going to get to the stage where the kid's actually busy, he's like playing outside, he says, all right, now we need flowers, I better go do it quickly. Right? So he goes outside and grabs the first weed he can find and he says, here, yeah, I'm busy now, but just take your flower. What's he going to say? I don't want this weed. I, don't, I only want it because you wanted to give it to me. Berega gets the thing that you feel secure, it's fine, don't do it again. Because Rufus is the same thing. I don't need the Korbanis. Hashem doesn't need an animal. And what? What else can we give him? That's all we have. Think about it, Rabbi said. In a cultural society, what do we have to give? We have the animals, we have the crops we grow, maybe the wine we have, the oil. That's all we have. And therefore they have Korbanis, Nesachim, Menachos. That's what we can give. So if we want to give, Hashem is happy to take. But if it becomes a chore, like Novi says in Malachi, you look for the sick animal, the animal you don't want, the animal... Hashem needs it. Okay, take Hashem. I don't want it. I don't need it. It was only there because it was giving you the chance to give. If you don't want to give, Hashem doesn't need what you're giving Him. It's a powerful motion. But it's a powerful reality more. Think of it, what your child's doing, right, is Be'etzin trying to show you that this is what I can give you. And as you're really good at this, now you're going to graduate to a higher level. When you come home from Koido, and your kid drew a picture of you on the wall. He says, Daddy, look at that picture on the wall. I drew you a picture. Right, that, that's really, uh, you're excelling if you know how to deal with that. But again, understand where it's coming from. Understand where it's coming from. But don't destroy the child's want to give. Don't make them feel that you don't want what they can give you or that they can't give you. Because if they can't express that time, then the feeling is going to disappear. And then later on, you think, why is my kid never grateful? Or why does he never... You've killed Pasha. Don't destroy the feeling. You want you want to encourage it by showing you love them. You want to re- encourage them to reciprocate. Okay, give them the chance. Give them the chance. Whatever in whatever way they can. And you show that you 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 Baratzon. Just like we said, Hashem is Makabla Baratzon. He shows he wants it. Because he wants the fact of returning to him. So do that. They give you something, they true they do their best. Whatever it is, and it's another thing you'll notice by little kids. They can, do, they can be doing whatever it is, but I say they're doing it for you. For you. And I brushed my teeth for you. And I did this for you. Is that for me? Yeah. Save me the dental fee, maybe. But it's uh, <laughs> most things. What for me? What for me about it? The point is, what else can they do? Right? So if they say it's for you, at least they feel they're giving you something. Good, it's effort. Right? Don't take that attitude. I don't need anything from you. I don't want it. It's not for me. <clears throat> Either of it. You want them to feel they're doing it for you because it doesn't take away what you're doing for them. It doesn't say what you're doing for them. A relationship where you feel that if you take back a ki'ilo canceling what you're doing for them, it's not true. It's exactly the other way around. Right? A relationship where a person can feel we're interacting creates love. And, and, and I'm scoring them to the Deirah And a relationship where I feel that I can only take and never give creates distance because I'm embarrassed to ask for more. I feel, I, I feel guilty more than I feel close. Okay, that's the first thing we want to talk about. Now, like we said, always we talk about chinuk. We start from the younger stage. So everything I was saying now is talking about the, the, the smallest age child. The child is a two-year-old, three-year-old, just able to communicate, just able to do things, whatever it is. But they're also able to feel. And this is something I'm going to talk about. We have to show a number of times in the next few videos. Consider it a key principle. And that is like this. A little child may be 
physically is very limited. They can't do very much. They can't. They're not very strong. They can barely walk, whatever it is. So yes, physical prowess, stamina, ability, strength develops. Sorry, as the person gets older. Uh, mental or intellectual ability also. Obviously, as the person gets older and understands more, knows more, can think better and can understand things better, they're going to develop mentally, obviously, much more as well. When it comes to feelings, don't assume that a little child can't feel. They might not be able to express it the same way, but a little <coughs> child can also feel rejection, can also feel pain, can also feel hurt, can also feel embarrassment on the negative side. A little child can also feel in love, and can also feel achievement, and also feels happiness on the positive side. Don't assume it because children are small, they can't feel yet. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Like I'm saying, even the other things take time to develop. For whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch didn't bury the Bria, didn't create people that they can't feel until they're older. I'm talking not physical feeling, I'm talking even emotional feelings. They might not, again, they might not un- relate, let's say, something intellectual to something, if you, know, if you give them an insult, they won't chat, that it's something negative about themselves and therefore be embarrassed. But a little child can be embarrassed if they realize they did something wrong or something, whatever it is. Whatever the feed they got, some feed their level of understanding, they can feel embarrassment. If they did something right, they can feel pleasure. Be careful of that. Be careful of that. Because a lot of people think that being as a child still small and they don't understand so much, they also don't feel anything. And therefore, I don't have to take these feelings into consideration. Like when someone's older, then he starts to feel, and then I can you know, think about developing a relationship or working on an emotional connection. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. My personal experience, I do have I think little children can feel very well. Like I said, it, 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 even if they can't express it, they can still feel. And therefore... No, there's a certain, obviously, age where they know what's going on. But I'm saying, but even a small, I'm talking, like I said before, a two or three-year-old, I think you feel. I've seen. And therefore, relate to that feeling. Think about it. If you want to develop, so to speak, a certain emotional connection, from the youngest age the child has of how he relates emotionally to his parents, you want to have that same positive feeling from the beginning. It's not like at the beginning that the first impression is negative, and it's only much later on you're trying to build or change it to more of a positive thing. Even as I'm not even saying this is the age where you can work with, I'm just showing you an example that even a small baby, a few months, six, seven, eight months, right, is old enough to, when they see somebody they know, they smile. That's a normal instant that created with a tiny baby. They're old enough to smile. Varega, you see someone they smile. But you'll notice, and look for yourself, they wait to see if you smile back. It's like reciprocal. That's like, the only way they can express anything is like they have to see someone. Like they, there's a certain vibe. You have to see me too. And that's the same thing. If you want to build a positive starting point, right? So if, if, all, if all the baby can do for you, if all they can give you is a smile, Right, but then it's the way of oh, I'm happy to see you. Right, so yeah, smile back. Show you happy to see them too. And it's something which builds on itself. Even in a little kid, it's something builds on itself. You're making a certain interaction that we're happy to see each other. We're talking at a very small stage, but uh, it, it starts from there. If, if every time the baby wakes up, it's like oh, 
South Africa. <laughs> You're not going to respond with a smile with anything you're happy to see, right? It, it, it's already creating like, like a rejection on the level that a baby can deal with rejection. Okay, that's our first thesis. You want to create closeness, you want to express closeness to give them the, the way to, to respond, and you want to appreciate the steps they take in that regard, right, in order to in order for them to allow them to express classes. Those are the, main, the, the first two points I want to talk about. Don't mazalzal in a feel of a child. Any negative emotion is bad some rejection. Somebody insults me, someone hurts me, somebody ignores me, whatever it's going to be, all these things just in different ways generate a negative emotion. You don't want to store of negative emotions about a parent. That is not going to help in the long run to feel close to them. Every Bachel will tell you about the time that their Rebbe, in their, in their way they see it, didn't respond to them right. He made fun of them in share. He didn't answer them when they needed it. He didn't, whatever it's going to be. Okay, it's a normal thing. People aren't perfect. I'm saying people don't forget that, that whatever negative emotion is going to be, people remember it. Children are the same. Children are the same. Now, I'm not saying every parent is. Like, that's super perfect. That whenever your child comes, you're gonna always respond the right way. Yeah, sure. But at least we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try that. At least when, again, when they try, when they're trying to come close, when they're trying to do the, with show us that, with, you know, that they want to give us something, or they're trying to show us that they're interested in a smile, and interested in that connection. At least then we're gonna try and show that you're interested back. Yes, there'll be times which are not like that, and things aren't so good. We'll talk about that also. But at least. Don't reject an attempt of closeness. What if you tuck it busy? And you tuck it doing something else? And now it's punk the time the child wants to come and whatever. Right? Okay. Obviously, there'll be exceptions to this also. But often, even if you can't do what they want now, just the smile and this is like, thank you. Or whatever it is. I get, you know, whatever it is. Just show that, how, we call how I responded. Thank you. Like, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy on the phone call. I'm happy talking to somebody. Right? And this is another thing I've noticed. Right? A lot of people, when they're talking to somebody else, and the child comes in, whatever it is, they virtually ignore them. Right? Leave me alone. I don't think it's going to do too much damage if you just turn to smile. Hello. Right? Why should it be a rejection? Right? And don't think it's nothing. It's nothing. Right? Ignoring somebody's rejection. The Gemara says this. If someone gives you shalom, you don't respond to them. You've taken something away from them. That I came to say hello to you. So I was willing to connect you. Or even on that minimal level of just saying hello to you. But it doesn't have to be a standoff. It's just, I'm busy. So I don't have to respond to you. No. That causes rejection. Right? Chazal allowed me to answer in the middle of Kriyashma. Hey, good morning. Salah is... Good morning. Maybe he didn't. But he will have the rejection that he didn't bother to respond to. It's all not worse than that. Yes, I'm busy. I'm, 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 I'm learning. I'm on a call. I'm talking to somebody. Okay, but someone you know, comes in. He wants just to smile. That's all you need. Or hello, I'll talk to you later. Whatever it's going to be, don't reject. Don't reject. That just creates a negative in place of what you want to have a positive relationship. 
Okay, so this is how we certainly have the two points. The first is how to build it, the positive feeling, how to encourage it. And like I said, it's, it's not that I have to make it. It's something natural as long as I don't destroy it. And when the child wants to contribute, wants to do it, encourage it. And the second thing, don't show them rejection. Even a small rejection. I don't think no one's perfect. But as, as much as we try, even if I can't do, do more than just a smile, just a hello, whatever it's going to be, they feel they've been acknowledged. How many times a child come from school, from going from wherever it is, hello? No, dead silence. I'm busy with this. On the phone, on the computer, on the learning assignment, whatever it's going to be, right? It's such a terrible thing to say, hello, and go back to what you're doing. At least they feel that you know, someone noticed that they exist, that someone noticed that they're there. So, I'm sure we could think of many more examples of this. You say, Shaykh, what's the, 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 the